I was so angry. I was so angry and upset. And the next morning, I texted her and told her not to show up at my wedding. the New Mamas Podcast. This podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new state of life and to talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger and photographer by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. So, New Mamas, let's do it. Let's kick off the episode and get to the good stuff. Hey everyone, welcome to the New Mamas podcast. You're listening to a solo episode by yours truly, Lena Forrestal. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about, are we ready for baby number two, the heartbreak of friendship, cell phone slash social media addiction and my thoughts on the new social media platform clubhouse so let's get started are we ready for baby number two that is a million dollar question and the answer is no and i hope that that's not too insensitive to share because i do recognize that a lot of people struggle with conceiving and infertility so this is in no way meant to offend anybody but just from my personal experience with my husband john we are just not ready. We do want more children. I feel like John always gives me stuff for this, but I have like this magic number in my head of I would love to have three children. John's an only child, so he can't really envision what it's like to have more kids. So he says, you know what? Archie's fine with me. I love him. And if he's the only one we have, then that's perfect for me. But I just don't feel that way. I have a sister and I think I just always always wish that I had more siblings because I love, I don't know, I just love family. So I can't imagine just having one kid. So I think I did get him on board about having at least two. I don't know if three is going to happen, but I don't know. I guess you just have to kind of play it by ear and see what happens, right? It's all in God's hands. But right now, we are not ready for baby number two. And I'll tell you why. I feel like our life has been running at a thousand miles per hour like the last couple years. We, we, our relationship was already kind of like on this like sped up timeline. We met on Tinder Three months later, we got matching tattoos and moved in with each other. A year later, we got engaged. Yeah, on our first year anniversary, we got engaged. Our second anniversary, we got married. And then on our third anniversary, we moved across the world to Thailand. And we lived in Thailand for two years. And then coming back to the States, we sold our house in Boston, bought our house in New Jersey, and found out pretty much immediately that we were pregnant and then nine months later came Archie and then the pandemic and whoa it's been a crazy five years I feel like we've never got the chance to just sit and truly digest and like actually have time to contemplate life life has just been kind of happening to us so it's would be nice 
to have some time in between big life things happening for us to just just chill. I guess like, yeah, just chill. Yeah, I just I just want to chill. I don't know. And by by chilling, what I mean is I want to get my house in order. I feel like I'm just coming up for air with Archie, right? We're finally falling into a routine. He's finally sleeping more. (laughs) I guess on the sleeping bit, maybe that's a bit of a lie because his new thing is I can't get him out of our bed. So when we go to sleep at night, and yeah, I know we're making all the mistakes. Like he sleeps in our room, like the crib's right next to the my, you know, right next to our bed. He can smell us, like he can see us, he can hear us. So in the middle of the night, he'll just start crying, and he looks so cute. So then I just put him in the bed, and he falls right asleep. Like what am I supposed to? do about that and then I try to move him back into his crib and he wakes up and he starts screaming and I feel like he just like doesn't want to be alone so he's been sleeping in the bed with us and we have a firm mattress we have a king size mattress but yeah I haven't been sleeping well because I'm super paranoid and definitely a rule follower when it comes to bed sharing and what the American Association of Pediatrics recommends which is no bed sharing until the age of one yeah that's that's that but Exactly. See, that's one of the reasons why I am just not ready to be pregnant again right away because we're just still trying to figure all this out, right? Like falling into a rhythm. So I have fallen into a rhythm with him and with work. I got a new job. I just got a new job, which is obviously another reason why I don't want to get pregnant right away. I would love to find a groove in my new role and in my new company before I have to leave on maternity leave. So just a lot, just a lot of things, you know, there's so much, so much I want to do around the house. I just want a minute to breathe. And I think that's okay. And the other thing I think about is I ain't no spring chicken. Is that the, is that the, uh, the the saying like I'm not a spring chicken I don't really know but I or is I'm not a young chicken I don't know what it is but I'm 32 and I know that women can get pregnant comfortably up to 40 even past 40 nowadays with like amazing medicine and stuff but I guess what I'm trying to say is I just feel like I don't really have the luxury of waiting too long in between kids and and I don't want to either you know my sister and I are nine years apart and while we are best friends today growing up it was really hard I mean I grew up as if I was an only child until I was nine and then I was sharing that attention and I basically left the house when my sister started to come of age. So she was an only child for the longest time. And I can't, I can imagine it was hard on my parents too, right? Like having been done with one phase and then the other child is, and just right when they were done with my teenage years, they were just entering into hers. So it's almost like having to do everything all over again. So that's that, that I would love to have our second and maybe third baby not to far apart in years but we'll see let's let's see until then I'm being really diligent about my birth control and 
I know someone is going to DM me after they listen to this and say, we got pregnant on birth control. I've heard that so many times. And yet, that does not make me feel better. So I'm trying to take my birth control every single day at the same time to avoid any things that happen. But you know what? If something does happen and we get pregnant, you know, that's that's it. That's God's will. So it is what it is. Okay. So that's your answer to if I'm ready for baby number two. Now let's get into the meat of this episode, which is the heartbreak of friendship. And I'll just start with saying, you know, and I I noodle on this frequently. Sometimes I wonder if love songs are written about friendships and not lovers, because I would argue that sometimes friendship breakups can be harder than ending relationships with lovers. Let's uh, back up a little bit. So I didn't grow up with a lot of friends that were girls. I was never really a girl's girl. I grew up with my boy cousins, both in America and Brazil. And I grew up playing video games, playing in the woods. I went surfing and that really shaped how I grew up. I just always felt like I identified with boys better than I did with girls. So from then on, I always had friends that were guys. I played Dungeons and Dragons at lunchtime. Yeah, I was that girl. But I did not look like a girl when I was, you know, in my early adolescence. Like I had really short hair. I wore no makeup. I wore big dragon t-shirts and... (laughs) those were the days. I still, you know, I look at my younger self and I'm like, you go girl. Like you did what you wanted to do. But you can imagine my absolute terror when I was 12 and I had a full C cup and all of a sudden boys didn't just want to play Dungeons and Dragons with me. They wanted to date me, whatever dating looked like at 12, right? All right, wait, so where was I going with this? Oh yeah, okay, girl friendships. So I feel like in my life, sometimes I even look forward to breakups with boyfriends. Like I know that sounds weird, but as a self-proclaimed people pleaser, I think I stayed in a lot of relationships longer than I should have because I was afraid to break up with someone and disappoint them, which sounds silly because I can think of one relationship in particular in which this person disappointed me for like five years. Yes, like literally five years of disappointment. And I didn't break up with them until five years later. Ugh, it's the worst. So anyway, here's the thing. I think when you're young and you have that like sneaky feeling in the back of your head that one day you and your boyfriend are going to break up, right? But you not that you expect to break up with a boyfriend, but it happens. But when you meet girlfriends and they assume the title of the best friend, right? That's such like a big title. Like she's my best friend. Like That's like such a big deal, right? You imagine your life together. You imagine gossiping and laughing at like the age of 75. So when girlfriend breakups happen... They just hurt deeper than anything. So you're probably thinking, Lena, what's the point of you sharing this? Well, now we get to the meat of the story. I recently learned that one of my ex-best friends is pregnant. And I couldn't help but look at her pictures on Instagram. Yeah, I'm admitting to stalking my ex-best friend now. And looking at the pictures of her pregnant and announcing her pregnancy actually made me cry. Like This one friend in particular, that breakup was really hard. And for the sake of keeping her anonymous, let's call her Sarah. 
Sarah was younger than me. We met at work. She was one of the only girls in her marketing rotation program, which took young professionals out of college at the company that I worked at at the time. And I was a few years older and I noticed the guys kind of poking fun at her, a little too much fun. And she was a pretty girl. She was quiet, shy. So as one of the only other women in the office, I saw it as my duty to take her under my wing and befriend her. And our friendship blossomed. We became fast friends. We did almost everything together, right? We were like We were in our early 20s. I think she was like 22, 23, and I was 24, 25, and we were truly best friends. We traveled together. We partied together. We'd stay up all night talking, and I loved her like a sister. I... I truly did. So when I was getting married and planning my wedding, she was kind of like my unofficial maid of honor. My sister was just 18 at the time and couldn't drink. So Sarah was meant to plan my bachelorette party. She actually volunteered to do it. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. Except she didn't. Actually, closer to the date of my wedding, like the closer the date came, the further and further she started to drift away. And we weren't talking like we used to. She wasn't answering my texts and my phone calls. And I was just feeling abandoned. And it wasn't a coincidence. So you might be thinking, well, this is strange, but it's not. She was dating a man almost twice her age who I despised. I loathed him because I could see him for the manipulative person he was. He was the type of person to prey on vulnerable women. This is an example of his character. We were all out to dinner once, me, Sarah, him, and one of his buddies. And two women walk by and he looks them up and down and up and down again and nods to his friend and loudly says, check out the legs on that one. I like honestly will never forget that day and that feeling because I felt so disgusted. He did it in front of Sarah. You could see her and feel her like shrink in her chair when he did this like I could and I I just thought it was so demeaning so inappropriate and I kept telling her that he was not the guy for her like that's what I, I just I was I was that friend right I was like I don't like your boyfriend and I was blunt about it and when it came to wedding invites I was blunt about him not getting one I told her that I didn't want someone like that at my wedding and then so he started to pull the strings in motion behind the scenes and she admitted at one point that he told her that I wasn't a good or real friend and it was a shame all of this because I think if it were me today I would have probably confronted him and gave him a piece of my mind so anyway she didn't end up planning my bachelorette the date came really close and I said I'll just do it and I ended up taking the duties and planning it myself and it, and it's fine I'm not complaining about you know, planning my bachelorette. Like that's not the issue. The issue is that I felt like she wasn't there for me at a time that I needed her most. And so the night of my bachelorette came and there were about 16 girls there. So a little overwhelming and she came, but she came late and spent the night audibly talking smack about my other friends to a few mutual friends that we had invited like I could literally see her like 
being snide and like talking about some of the other girls that were there. I could see it. It sucked. Like it was really awful. And at one point in the night, she just left with the group of mutual friends and like she just left my bachelorette. Like <laughs> it really, it sucked. And her wasn't even the appropriate word. I was devastated. I cried a lot that night and it really did take away from my bachelorette like I'll be totally honest even though there were 16 other girls there she was the one person that I really wanted to be there for me and with me and experience that with me and she was nowhere to be found I was so angry I was so angry and upset and the next morning I texted her and told her not to show up at my wedding she never responded to that text now, here's the thing, like 26-year-old me was immature and bad at con confrontation. I fully, fully admit that. And I completely disagree with 26-year-old Lena. I shouldn't have done that. I should have asked her to meet me in person and to talk it out. I should have told her how her actions were making me feel. We should have, we should have talked it out. Maybe we could have salvaged our relationship. Maybe I should have just let her be with this person right instead of getting so involved like I did because in they ended up actually breaking up a few months after my wedding and I remember thinking I can't believe our entire relationship dissolved because of this person and they're not even together anymore right it just honestly felt like a waste and I couldn't help but feel like yeah Part of that's my fault. Like I should have extended her more grace. I should have given her more compassion. But it's a hard thing to do when you're hurting. Like I, looking back, I, I just wanted her to admit that she was sorry. Like I just, it just would have, I feel like if I just heard those simple words, like I'm sorry, I feel like maybe we could have fixed things. And but she just said nothing. She didn't respond to my text, kicking her out of my wedding. And I admit, I obviously should not have texted her about it. Like, that's a very not good thing to do. But yeah, well, I admit my fault. So anyway, when I saw that she was pregnant, I cried. Because out of all the friendships that have fallen apart over the years, even ones with family, like truth be told, she's she was the one that I mourned the most and if things were different I would have been so excited to be there for her pregnancy and it just would have been because I, it's such a magical time and I guess I'm just actually truly happy for her and that's it like that's that's my story and of course I would have loved her to be part of my pregnancy journal to journal journey too but yeah that's it I just I'm truly happy for her and I'm sad over the past and I feel like reaching out now it just I, I just don't I, I honestly don't have the courage if I want to admit it to you right now in this podcast episode I don't have the courage to reach out and say anything because I feel like where would our relationship even go or be I mean I feel like I feel like if I were to reach out it wouldn't be like a happy thing like she wouldn't receive me reaching out with happiness. She would probably feel pretty upset, right? That I like kicked her out of my wedding th via text message. So, but then maybe 
and uh, I don't know. But yeah, that's that. That's what I wanted to share. <laughs> that's a mouthful. Anyway, on to the next subject that I wanted to talk about in this podcast episode is social media addiction and my thoughts on Clubhouse. So everyone, I think I have a social media addiction. Is that weird? I I mean, it's hard because my job, my full-time day job is literally social media, being on social, right? Sourcing influencers, putting together influencer marketing strategies. I kind of have to be on social to truly eat, live, and breathe the industry. So it doesn't help, right? And it goes back to being like in my last solo episode, I think I was talking about being intentional with my time. So that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to not touch my phone before 10 o'clock. So I get get up, get ready in the morning. I, I um, go through, you know, the routine of the morning and I don't touch my phone. And I try to journal before I even touch my phone. Because I read something somewhere where you should create before you consume. And I think I've heard the opposite as well, consume before you create. But I think it's really just a like mindset, whatever you think, whatever works for you, right? But for me, I, I think creating before I consume has been really powerful. Because what I noticed is when my mind isn't, you know, jumbled up by everything I've seen on social media early in the morning, I can really put pen to paper. And it's it's been surprising to me what has come out. And that's been really, that's been a really great experience for me. The other thing that I'm doing is I'm really making an effort to not be on my phone around Archie. I, I'll admit this and I'm ashamed. There are times when he's playing and I'm sitting on the floor with him, but I'm on my phone. Ugh. And just like saying that like makes me feel so gross because it just feels like I'm not that I'm robbing him of that experience with me, but I guess it just feels, it feel, it doesn't feel good. And I know I'm beating myself up over it a little bit too much, but you know, whatever, right? That's in the past. And now moving forward, I, I acknowledged that issue and I'm, I put my phone away. So when he comes home and I'm done with work and we only have a few hours together before bedtime, I put my phone away and we just spend time together. And that has been wonderful. And I started to do that on the weekends too. This weekend, I actually just put my phone away and didn't touch it at all, even to take pictures, which I might pick up my phone. Maybe when I'm like better about being on my phone, I'll like have my phone around me just to take pictures of him because, you know, I like to take like a million pictures. So, but yeah, that's what I'm working on. I'm trying to be more mindful about my phone usage and my social media usage i'm trying not to scroll endlessly everybody it's really hard and i'm sure there's people out, other people out there who probably feel the same the last thing i wanted to address is my thoughts on clubhouse so if you haven't heard of clubhouse before it is a new social media network that's audio based and basically if you think if you remember anyone listening if you're old enough to remember aol chat rooms which I had a great time when I was like 11 going into some of those AOL chat rooms. Woo. It was fun. Well, it was fun in like a weird way because there were like a lot of weird conversations happening at the time that probably an 11 year, 11 year old 
probably shouldn't have seen. But anyway, it's like an AOL chat room, but all audio. So it's cool. I really, I enjoy it. I find that I'm able to connect with people a little bit more personally than on Instagram. You connect a little bit faster. You hear more authentic stories. It's just a bit more of a personal direct connection, which is great. And that's the positive. It's been really great for networking. I've met some really great women on the platform that you'll probably hear in later episodes of the podcast. Um, But the bad thing is that it's again addicting. Like here we go back full circle. It's it's addicting because there's all these rooms and you get pinged into rooms and you want to be part of it. So there's a little bit of FOMO. And I found myself at the end of the week, I've been, I was joining clubhouse rooms. So if I was cooking, right, I would usually join clubhouse rooms when I was multitasking on something. Too much multitasking isn't great because it really takes away from that moment. At least that's how I feel about it. So when I got to the end of the week, I just felt exhausted, rightfully so, because I was participating in all of these conversations week long on top of doing my full-time job and on top of blogging and Instagram. Like it's it's too much. I have to limit myself on that app. So something I did with Instagram was I have a time limit on my phone where I'm not allowed to use Instagram for more than two hours a day. And even that I feel like is a little bit much. So I might decrease that time in the coming week. I might just make it like an hour. And I think I'm going to have to do the same for Clubhouse because I just find myself if I have like a free moment where I'm doing something kind of brainless like cooking or cleaning or even riding my Peloton, I would hop on Clubhouse. So I need to limit it. It has to be, I have to use it with intention like everything else. But yeah, that's it, everybody. I am going to ask you if you have any thoughts or feelings about Clubhouse, send me a DM on Instagram. Oh yeah, if you want to follow me on Clubhouse, follow at New Mamas Podcast. That's at New Mamas Podcast on Clubhouse. And if you have any reactions to anything that I mentioned in in the episode, if you have a story about a friend breakup that you'd like to share with me or anything else, I would love to hear from you. So definitely drop me a DM on Instagram at Lena Forrestal. I would just love to hear from you because part of the reason why I do these episodes, these solo episodes, is to connect with you. That's it. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the New Mamas Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. Have a friend that would like this podcast? Share the love. Stay in touch. Definitely give us a follow on Instagram at New Mamas Podcast. I'd also love to continue the conversation with you on my personal account, so let's be friends. Slide into my DMs at Lena Forrestal. Finally, be sure to check out my blog at lenaforrestal.com for all things motherhood, homesteading, and recipes that both you and baby will love. Thanks again, and stay tuned for next week's episode.